You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier, the champion of chocolate out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Always a great place to get your week going. You might be down in the dumps a little bit. Probably not if you're an Alabama fan. Another great day for Alabama fans on Monday, especially where hoops were concerned. But get you a little pick-me-up. Maybe that mid-afternoon need for some juice. Well, get some of those dark chocolate espresso beans. Those will get you a little uh, those will get you a little fired up. Yeah, absolutely. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form. The 60 of sports talk radio. And I know right now we're going to be counting on Jacob Harrison, by the way, as we always do. But pro day at the University of Alabama. We'll also, of course, be talking some college hoops. But uh, Jacob, you got Are you locked in? Are you locked in on pro day over at UA right now? Keeping keeping the the Twitter feed refreshed on the regular, uh, trying just to, hammering it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to see uh, the weigh-ins and 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 see who gets on the field. Uh, you know, big day for for everybody, and and every team has sent you know their 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 big shots. The 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 guys that need to see everything. I know the Steelers sent Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, and most teams did did send their GMs and their head coaches. So, uh, wild day in Tuscaloosa, nonetheless. Yeah, Chase Goodbread with some GMs and coaches that he has spotted at Pro Day so far this morning. Tennessee GM John Robinson, Tennessee head coach Mike Vrabel. You mentioned Kevin Colbert from your Pittsburgh Steelers. Our Jacksonville Jaguars have general manager Trent Baalke in attendance and Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn among those taking in the Pro Day happenings over off Bryant Drive. Sounds like some guys have already done some nice things. I see James Palmer on Twitter reporting Patrick Sertan with 18 reps on the bench. That'll work. That'll work for a corner, especially a long corner like Patrick Sertan the second. Uh, And as we talked about yesterday, Jacob, really important for Deontay Brown and there had been mentioned yesterday that he was under 350, I guess 346. And now what we're seeing on social media is that uh, Deontay actually under 345 at weigh-in this morning. 344 pounds. No on-the-field work for Devontae Smith or Najee Harris today. Devontae pretty much let you know yesterday he was going to be measured and weighed. And that would pretty much be that. We'll keep you up to speed, though, with everything going on over there at Pro Day at UA for 2021. Got another workout coming up, I guess, too, right, Jacob, in a week? Another Pro Day at UA on March 30th, I believe it is? Yeah, and uh, so, Mac Jones uh, is actually going to throw at that one, too. So, 
Yeah, Mac Jones. Mac Mac with that reported 32-inch vertical right out the gate this morning. That means Mac Jones can dunk a basketball, doesn't it? Yeah, I would think so. It's 6'3-ish, 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, Mac showing you a little hops over there. Dual threat athlete. Uh, at the Hank Crisp. Absolutely. Put him in the gun, run that zone read, you know. You got to get, you know, right, Jacob, you got to get Mac Jones at least 10, 12 design runs every game in the NFL. I mean, that definitely fits his, <laughs> fits his skill set. Hey, a lot of basketball to talk about as well, and you're more than welcome to chime in if you'd like at 205-342-9904, the Alabama men's team. You know what yesterday really was? Yesterday was really the Jordan and Javon show. Well, Alabama men's team and the women's both had important contributions from others, but, man, you talk about point guard play at the most important time of the basketball season. It's hard to hide a point guard. And if you don't have it, it typically comes home to roost. And Maryland was kind of that team last night in not having that defined point guard. Have some good guards. I mean, Aaron Wiggins was outstanding for the Terps last night. I mean, just went off, especially in the final 10 minutes of that first half. And he ends up with 27 points for the Maryland guard. We talked about Eric Ayala and the need to keep him under wraps as best as possible. He, too, another bigger guard, kind of a two-way guard that can get to the rim and also knock down some shots from the perimeter. Well, Ayala with a pretty modest 13 points on 5 of 14 shooting, so did a pretty good job, but those guys still combined from 40. Uh, But then you look at the Alabama side of things, and, man, when they get it going offensively and – so many different guys that are capable of of hurting you. And you look at the three-point line, obviously, with 16 makes from beyond the arc last night, and you've got one, two, three, four, five guys with multiple makes. That takes Alabama hoops to another level. So the Crimson Tide with a 96-77 win over the Terrapins of Maryland, and it's on to the Sweet 16 for Nate Oates and his guys where they will take on an 11 seed, but an 11 seed with some pop when you talk about the UCLA Bruins. Television will like that matchup. That looks pretty good on your television set, doesn't it? UCLA and Alabama? Yeah. The East region in general, getting into the regional round here. Nice games. You're going to have Michigan up top taking on a really solid Florida State team, Michigan impressive. I got to say it. I, for a long time, talked about that second-round matchup of LSU and Michigan as being a point of exit for the Wolverines. They shut me up in the second half because even in the second half, it looked good for LSU. But then we were reminded that LSU defensively, not to discredit, discredit what Michigan's capable of on the offensive end, but, I mean, we did see LSU give up a buck five to this Alabama team. So uh, that kind of came to fruition for Will Wade's club last night. 205-342-9904. So many, again, important contributors to this Alabama team, especially with Herb Jones playing just 17 minutes. But Shackelford goes off for 21. Petty, boy, you could hear the Alabama fans everywhere just sort of shriek in delight as John Petty got it going from beyond the arc there in the second half of the win. Uh, he had an interesting starting lineup. Jawan Gary gets the start. You know, Maryland is a team that, across the board anyway, doesn't mind playing small ball. Got the bigger guards, but really smallish with their starting five. So Jawan Gary does his thing. Seven rebounds and 25 minutes of action. Six points for Jawan. So gluey, that Jawan Gary. So much like Herb Jones in that way. Even if he doesn't give you big scoring between what he's capable of doing on the glass, getting on the floor, uh, running the court, so many things that Jawan Gary brings to the table in an impressive performance. And some of y'all, by the way, some of y'all need to uh, need to offer up some apologies to Alex Reese. Where y'all at? Yeah! If I was jumping all over Alex Reese, right? Your boy James Ludeman, Jacob. Your boy James just hammers him, but uh, they love Alex Reese. James gave a public apology on my show last night. 
Okay. Well, I was expecting, I'll still need that on paper. I would like that on some form of letterhead I'll to pass make that it along. more official. Okay. Do that for me, Jacob. I would appreciate that. I need a formal apology. Okay. But no, Alex Reese, in all seriousness, just great these last three halves. He was at it again last night. And uh, there you go. A couple of possessions for Alabama on the offensive glass that were just dagger sequences where Reese and Gary, on at least two occasions, kept possessions alive uh, with their work in the, on the offensive glass. Just 50-50 tight balls, too. And you win those, and it seems like – I don't have statistical evidence of this, okay – but it seems like when you win those sort of 50-50 balls and hustle plays, there's almost just a dagger three coming on the other side of it. It just feels that way, especially when your team is on the receiving end of it. And there were a couple of those last night for Alabama as well. Talk about uh, the Jordan show, of the Jordan and Javon show. How about Jordan Lewis, man? When we left you yesterday – at high noon, the Crimson Tide was in good shape at the half. Jordan Lewis was playing lights out, and she did it for 40 minutes in the Alabama women's win over North Carolina yesterday morning. Jordan Lewis, 32-11-8. How about that line for the veteran point guard? Outstanding. But also got some expected and still needed contributions from Jasmine Walker, Araya Copeland, I think Walker had 13-9. and nine. Copeland had a double-double. And when you get Megan Abrams and Hannah Barber combining for just 20, 22 points somewhere in that neighborhood, this team has a puncher's chance against Maryland. Now, 11 threes yesterday was a nice number for the Alabama ladies. Might need something more along the lines of the 16 that the men had against Maryland in their matchup with the Terrapins in round two if the women are to make it past a two seed in Maryland into the Sweet 16. Going to step aside for a quick break. Brent Beard on a Tuesday. Going to join the program right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. It was a winning Monday for Alabama basketball in the NCAA tournament. First, the women's basketball team earned an 80-71 victory over North Carolina in the first round of the tournament in San Antonio, Texas. Jordan Lewis collected a career-high 32 points in the win. The number 7 seed Crimson Tide will now face the number 2 seed Maryland on Wednesday at noon central with radio coverage starting at 11.55 a.m. from San Antonio. The men's basketball team won in the second round against Maryland, 96-77 to in Indianapolis, to advance to the Sweet 16. Jaden Shackelford led all tied scorers with 21 points. Alabama on Sunday will face UCLA in the Sweet 16 with tip-off at 6.15 Central from Indianapolis. I'll have more in a moment. Tradition is built by doing the right things over and over again. At Alabama, this means 27 SEC championships and 17 national titles. While at Dex Imaging, this means taking great care of our customers day in and day out. Dex Imaging has a tradition of providing quality office equipment at a fair price with quick, reliable service. Put Dex Imaging's tradition of satisfied customers to work for your business. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of the Crimson Tide. Alabama baseball returns to action this afternoon, facing Southern Miss at 3 p.m. Central in Tuscaloosa at Sewell Thomas Stadium, with radio coverage at 2.55 p.m. across the network. Alabama went 1-2 over the weekend against number 1 Arkansas in Fayetteville. Alabama is also home Thursday to Saturday against Ole Miss. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. Mostly cloudy with occasional showers. Maybe a thunderstorm this afternoon and tonight. The high today 70, tonight's low 56. Tomorrow cloudy and mild. A few showers during the day. The high 75. Thursday thunderstorms by afternoon. They could be severe. The high 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 64 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. 
of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here. We're on side 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. That time on Tuesday, we check in with our good friend, Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Of course, Brent, also a longtime voter where the Heisman Trophy is concerned. Uh, Alabama basketball last night, Brent, as we bring you on. It was Indianapolis 500-like, I guess you could say, to draw an analogy to a iconic event also up there in the Indianapolis area. Uh, start to finish, Brent, that was sort of the offensive performance that team needed when you start thinking about future matchups. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and they did it on both ends of the court, uh, just on fire, obviously, from three. Uh, and I think uh, – and he deserved it. John Petty really stepped up. Credit to him. But but I tell you what, Jaden Shackelford, I thought, really uh, got them off early. Uh, that made a huge difference. Uh, Bama, when they score 80 points, uh, they're 19-0. and 0, But I thought they did it defensively also. And, and Trev, some folks mentioned that Maryland was not as deep as Alabama. And that really took its toll, I think, as the the, the game went on, uh, regardless of the blitzkrieg that came from Alabama. Uh, I think the tide kind of wore them down uh, in the middle of that second half, which made a big difference. Yeah, you know, you get to this stage of the postseason because you typically have two or three dudes, right? Yeah, Every yeah. team has two or three guys what gets you through to the 16 and the eight and the four a lot of times is that you've got five, six, maybe even seven. And for Alabama, the bench, once again, a very valid point there, Brent, dominant 39 to nine, Alabama outscores Maryland off the bench. And again, when you're bringing guys like Quinterly, it's a little bit skewed when you talk about guys like Quinterly as a bench guy, Primo back. That was big last yes. night coming off the bench because these are guys that are capable like they did last night of playing 23, 29 minutes like you saw from Primo in uh, Quinterly. But again, uh, those guys were huge. And you've got some gluey, as I like to call them, <laughs> type of guys on this team. And it yeah. started with Herb Jones a year ago or really even a couple of years ago, early in his career. Herb Jones was that guy that maybe didn't score 15, 20 points per game, but between charge takes, rebounding, uh, 50-50 balls, getting on the floor, defensively, all those things that connect a team that serves as the glue for teams. Now you're seeing it with some other guys. Jawan Gary uh, certainly fits that bill. And I think even Alex Reese. It's time, as I've said earlier in the show today, time for some apologies maybe for Alex Reese. He hasn't been consistent. I understand that. Uh, hasn't been game in and game out presence like a lot of fans would like him to be. But these last couple of games, Alex Reese has been absolutely huge. Tell you what, and Trav, you remember in the Iona game, he hit two threes down the stretch huge. that would made a tremendous difference uh, in that game. And again, no doubt, credit the seniors and what they did. But I, to me, what was impressive about last night was – Bama won that game largely with Herb Jones on the sidelines because of free throw shooting. But, but, but Trev, aren't we seeing a real uh, glimpse of the future with Keon Ellis? Uh, we know about Jordan Bruner being uh, uh, hobbled, uh, slowly getting back. Primo in there, too. Uh, I, I tell you what. Uh, the, the Trev, before those guys leave, the, those guys could be uh, – in the, certainly stars in their own right before it's over. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting storyline for down the road once we get through this tournament. Yes. You know, it is a free year. It's a free year. So what happens with Alex Reese? Um, Keon Ellis is a junior college guy. You're getting a bonus year out of him potentially. Really? He could be a three-year guy now that's right. instead of a two. So uh, that's going to be interesting from a roster standpoint. But you look at what's up next for this team Brent, and it's another double-digit seed. It is UCLA, so we understand the brand recognition involved with the Bruins there. Uh, but I would say Alabama, all things considered, has come out pretty well in this bracket when you consider yeah. the teams that got through to the 32, and now that matchup that you have 
even in the 16 up top with Michigan and Florida State. Well, uh, listen, I haven't thought that. But uh, Bama making the Sweet 16, anything beyond that is gravy, but they've certainly got their sights set now, and I think it helps them that they don't play to Sunday night, so they can certainly get some rest. They will certainly get some national publicity, frankly, that they will have to uh, be able to deal with uh, a little, you know, some ironies there with uh, UCLA uh, involved in that, um, I, I remember well, Trav, that uh, in that 2006, old, 2006 yeah. Ronald Steele misses that three-pointer with eight seconds uh, that would have tied that game at that point. Uh, and, and listen, people will go back. One of the greatest wins in Alabama history was on the night that Paul Bear Bryant died. Alabama was in, uh, at, was at UCLA and won that game that night, uh, inspired at that point the tide was. So uh, a lot of history there and give them a lot of credit. Uh, Trevor, are you surprised like I am and I guess everybody else? Uh, man, this performance by the Pac-12, Trevor, did anybody maybe besides Bill Walton see that one coming? Uh, the Pac-12, I've said it before in the last few days the pac 12 has been what the big 10 was supposed to be right yes absolutely yes yes no question. and so even with the loss by colorado to what looks to be a flourishing uh florida state team at the right time of the the postseason a very very impressive performance and ucla certainly included in that if you thought abilene christian was going to carry over the cinderella gig into another weekend, uh, the Bruins made sure that absolutely would not be the case. We're talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Let's get into some college football talk. Brent, we like to do that with you. And looking at your notes here for this week, Kirby Smart, man. Kirby Smart, as you noted, sounds downright giddy about that Georgia Bulldog offense this early in the year. That's not going to do anything to sort of quell that spring tradition in the state of Georgia that ranks right up there with the Masters. Expectations for Georgia football. That's the spring tradition with the Masters that you kind of count on from the Peach State. But uh, Kirby seems legitimately thrilled with where he's at with this offense early in the spring. Uh, and that will carry over to the preseason magazines that are being uh, written uh, virtually as we speak over the next few weeks with probably Georgia being predicted uh, to win the East. Uh, I think the main reason for the optimism is JT Daniels is healthy. He's much more mobile. Uh, now, my question to you, and I, and I laugh when I think about this, is – uh, a lot of the beat writers have talked about JT Daniels uh, making making different calls, Trav, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and my thought process with that is, uh, would would Todd would Todd Munkin and Kirby allow allow very much changing in the line of scrimmage by one JT Daniel? <laughs> Kirby, in, in reading your notes, sounds like he's considering that to be an attribute. Yeah. JT Daniels. So typically how that works is you get to change the plays until you turn it over two or three right. times. Right. And Absolutely. then you no longer get to uh, make many checks there. You no. might get to check from left to right on a yeah. potential play based on the defensive or your formation and the defensive alignment to that. But going from run to pass, that's where sometimes the trick comes in for the quarterback position these days, not only in college football but even in the national football sure. league so georgia feeling a real sense of optimism uh as we move through spring drills here around the southeastern conference right here in tuscaloosa you've got alabama a couple workouts in i guess in terms of storylines about what you would expect although limitations and our yeah. outright inavailability for some players uh has been something to keep an eye on for the crimson tide early on yeah, no doubt. John Mechie being one of those, uh, not, don't really know what that is. But, but again, uh, the, uh, the, the thing that's very normal this time of year, uh, guys get through and play as many games as they do at Alabama. 
They have a lot of things cleaned up. They have some surgery, so they need to get that, uh, be able to figure it out. But as Nick Saban said in his press conference, uh, we know what they can do. It's time to give some of these younger guys a chance to step up uh, and to be able to play and to be able to experiment a little bit. Uh, I know we, I know we talked a little bit about the, the Mike linebacker position and, and maybe what uh, some of the things that they were looking at, certainly nothing definite there. Uh, but, yes, they are uh, they are up and going. And, and, and Trav, how many, how many times have we seen an Alabama football practice uh, that is overshadowed with a basketball team right now? Yeah, you got a couple of Alabama basketball teams in postseason play that are That's doing right. some really great things between the men's team and, of course, the Alabama women now will take their crack at Maryland yes. in the second round of the NCAA tournament. That one uh, tomorrow evening out in San Antonio, Texas. Brent, um, the quarterback situation at Alabama, in your opinion, coronation or competition? Are we looking at simply passing the torch to Bryce Young, or are you anticipating some legitimate competition where that situation is concerned that would include what is now a veteran of the program and Paul Tyson? Well, uh, I think the code word will be competition. Uh, there, there may be coordination behind the scenes, uh, but it, 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 the truth of the matter is uh, Tyson's been there for a while. He's got a strong arm. Uh, he's made himself better. Uh, I don't think he'll be the – starter but does he deserve a chance to play a little bit sure and they very well may need him at that point Travis kind of like uh, we mentioned George a few minutes ago Carson Beck from Jacksonville is, is kind of in that situation maybe getting Former a little Alabama bit. commitment yep, yeah no doubt about it so uh, I, I think you've got that at Alabama and in the in the these coaches for various reasons Trav they that they love that coaching uh, uh, word of competition during the spring regardless if it's if it's cut and dry or not don't they yeah and i think this alabama team legitimately whatever you think of the quarterback situation from that standpoint wide receiver incredible competition up and down the rotation not just at the top not just in the midsection i mean with mechie limited uh you're looking at really uh the spots behind him three four five spots that you know, largely could be up for grabs. Slade Bolden has experience there, but you've got a couple of recruiting classes now of really talented guys to sort of sort through and still a couple other veterans like Xavier Williams uh, as well. Hey, we were talking about Georgia. Here's another ex-Georgia guy anyway, Mike Bobo, former Georgia quarterback and also offensive coordinator over at UGA. Now, of course, working under Brian Harson at Auburn as the O.C., Saw some interesting comments from Mike Bobo here in the last couple of days and that what Auburn is going to do offensively will apparently require Bo Nix working under center roughly 90% of the time. How about Bo Nix under the center, given his background and you know what he's going to be asked to do? I just have this feeling, Brent, that this thing will go either well or it'll go southward to the point that as crazy as this may sound considering that he is very much a legacy of Auburn football and he has already started two seasons at the position I think it's a fork in the road type of year for Bo Nix in terms of his career at Auburn oh there's no question about that and look there's so many facets to this uh in that Bo is used to the shotgun uh he is used to bailing out uh, frankly, because he doesn't trust the offensive line. And now, as we chronicled a few weeks ago, Treb, uh, most of those receivers are gone, right? Seth Williams, uh, Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think that thing could get complicated. Now, look, Tank Bigsby could be the great equalizer for them if he has the year that we think he might. But, but, but Trav, again, do uh, uh, they've got to rebuild that offensive line. They did a really poor job uh, in recruiting, particularly tackles, over the last few years. Uh, and then we know what Bo can or can't do with his footwork uh, in the, with his uh, propensity to want to be able to run the ball. So, uh, look, I'm with you on that one. Uh, at the, the, 
this offense could be much improved or, or frankly, they could be sent back to the point where it may take them most of the year to get something going there. Yeah, there are things you can do with Bo Nix under center that move him around. Play action, bootleg type stuff, you know, get him out on the edges where he's more comfortable. But at the end of the day, in the type of offense we're talking about, he is going to have to evolve as a pocket passer. There's going to have to be another step or two or three for Bo Nix if you're expecting him to work from under center and prove to be a capable guy from the pocket. We talk about fork in the road kind of years, and I bring up Dan Mullen, and people probably think, what are you talking about? The guy just won the SEC Eastern Division, but this has been as quiet of a spring for a defending SEC Division champion as I can recall, and I understand uh, Florida decided to forego a spring game for a second straight year. Um, but there had been talk that Mullen was really intent on making the jump to the NFL. Uh, I really believe that. I think even yeah. after a season, Brent, in which the Gators got to Atlanta, this is a defining year, maybe the defining year for Florida football under Dan Mullen. Well, I think it is for a multitude of reasons. Uh, you don't know really who the quarterback is going to be. He's made it clear that it's probably going to be Emory Jones, but Richardson has done a pretty good job. He's more of a pocket pantser. Uh Jones is more of a dual threat, as you and I have talked about, the kind of quarterback that, frankly, Mullen likes. I think the strength of that team is they've got a pretty loaded running back room uh, which yes, is going to help them a lot. I think their offensive line, I think, should be okay. But, uh, the, but Trav, the other thing that, that has got to be mentioned is, do you trust that defense, uh, and particularly the back side of that defense in that secondary where they've made multiple changes? Uh, and look, for your listeners, with Alabama coming to Gainesville and if George is good as they think they're going to be, uh, Trav, that uh, they could be on the razor, razor's edge this year as far as winning that division again. There's not, and certainly if they lose to Alabama, that doesn't leave them a lot of room for error in that divisional race, does it? Yeah, and they obviously have missed out on a what could have been a key piece to help uh, a new quarterback and Eric Gilbert, no the doubt. former LSU tight end, looked like he was headed to Florida, and that is not going to happen now. So, uh, you know, I think uh, Jacob Copeland, still some weapons, you know, coming yeah. back, lost a ton of production as the receiving spots, but, uh, and also Brian Johnson, Mullen's right hand man in terms of that offensive staff making the move to coach Jalen Hurts as the quarterback's coach up there now with the Philadelphia. Eagles. Brent, as we let you go here, it is Pro Day at the University of Alabama, and I got to ask you, back around 20 years ago, when it was Miami that it seemed like every year was loading up the first round of the NFL draft, could you imagine this run that Alabama is on, not only in terms of wins on the field, which is of utmost importance, but then secondarily and very beneficial, of course, to the recruiting effort at Alabama, this presence with the NFL and uh, the multitude of players, again, not just being drafted on an annual basis, but first round guys. And I guess I could even ask you about, you know, 10, 12 years ago when USC was going through this yeah. run under Pete Carroll. Uh, you know, Coach Paul Bryant had some great teams, as you recall, Brent, uh, and, and sent guys to the NFL, but not the combination uh, at any point that I can recall for Alabama when it came to championships and NFL guys. Well, the, the the cycle goes on and on. Uh, it, it will be fascinating to see uh, what that group's going to do. Man, can you imagine the uh, the amount of media and NFL personnel who will be involved with that? But Trev, as we as we know and talk frequently here. It all revolves around recruiting. That's where it comes back to. Would it, would it be uh, uh, maybe an understatement to say that the uh, the 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 film of pro day uh, will end up in a whole lot of recruits 
uh, uh, email boxes sometime yeah, in the just next. Turn on the draft. Absolutely. Yeah, just, just send them, yeah. Shoot them a text and say, uh, turn on ESPN or the NFL <laughs> Network. And really, today is another infomercial yes. Pro Day at yeah. Alabama. Yes. You're talking about a three day window from really just at the start of this show till two o'clock in the afternoon on the SEC Network and the NFL network. You, you can't pay for it. I mean, you can't buy that. You no, just can't. Absolutely. Hey, Brant, we, uh, we find our time with you to be especially invaluable here on Tuesdays. Always great stuff with Brent beard, <laughs> college sports today and first coast news. Give Brent a follow on Twitter. If you haven't already at Brent beard, B E A I R D. Thanks as always, Brent. Trav, Trav always enjoyed congrats to Arkansas for moving on. And I, and I'll go out with this, uh, the weeping and gnashing of teeth down here right now, for uh, Florida's oh, Mike, Mike, Mike White. White. Uh, uh, Trav, would it, it would also be an understatement to say Gator fans aren't happy with him right now. Oh, geez. Yeah, that was a tough one. It laid out pretty well for the Gators yeah. with Oral Roberts <laughs> knocking off Ohio State, but give Oral Roberts a lot of credit. We talked about right. it earlier in the segment. Every team has a couple of three guys. Oral Roberts has a point guard post combination capable of doing what they've done to this point. But if you're the University of Florida, uh, you certainly expect to win that matchup and move to the 16. Hey, Brent, we'll do it again next week. Look forward to it, pal. Take care. There he goes, Brent Beard. We're going to take a break here on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. More of the show on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. The fellas right there from Pasadena, California. The one, the only, the original Van Halen. They dropped Van Halen 2 on this day back in 1979. That is, of course, your playlist theme of the day. Thanks again to Brent Beer joining us in the previous segment. We went around college hoops and college football for you with an emphasis as always on the southeastern conference pro day continues on over at the university of alabama with that jacob harrison so far from what we've been able to gather via social media most important slash impressive statistical number that you've seen for an alabama member of this 2021 draft hall to this point most impressive Slash important number, Jacob, so far. Okay, well, I don't know if it's important, but Mac Jones just ran a four seven nine. Nice, is, which is just 30, out of this world. Thirty two inch vertical, thirty two inch vertical and a four seven nine. Mac giving some folks the middle finger to all that unathletic, you know, immobile, pure pocket passer guy narrative former tennis player johnny McEnroe, as he's been dubbed in the past by his head coach mac jones guy's an athlete jacob you know i mean he's not gonna be in any decathlons or anything probably anytime soon but uh those are some nice numbers i'll tell you one that impresses me alex leatherwood with a 34 and a half vert that's not bad huh hey. an offensive lineman uh, to the to the Mac Jones thing, uh, Jr. just showed me Josh Allen ran a four seven five forty, 
and he's considered one of the best scrambling quarterbacks in oh, the NFL. Yeah. Now, Josh is also a large human being, bigger, but yeah, I mean, you know, you run you run sub four eight at quarterback. Uh, that's very impressive. Patrick Sertan is also setting off some cash registers, it sounds like, over there, Jacob, this morning. On top of that, 18 reps on the bench that Patrick Sertan performed. Uh, 39-inch vertical to go along with that. Pretty good morning, I'd say, for Patrick Sertan II. This also on the heels of the news involving Caleb Farley, the corner from Virginia Tech, who sat out the entire 2020 season. And then here in the last few days, we learned from his agent, the one, the only, Drew Rosenhaus, that Farley now looking at a procedure for a back problem that he will have to undergo. Pretty couple of good days, Jacob, for Patrick Sertan the second. Yeah, and he, he ran a four four two forty. Uh Apparently, there, there's been this narrative that Sertan is not athletic, and all I'm seeing is the other side of that oh. argument where, you know, people are, you know, arguing of course he was we were just being foolish this whole time uh but he's running around without a shirt on and, and you know everyone's just marveling at patrick sertan across the twitter timeline today so i, I would say a plus day for him and probably solidifies him as a top 10 pick at least the very first corner yeah absolutely so some good stuff for some alabama guys my guy deontay brown with the 27 inch vertical according to chase goodbread of nfl.com mac with a 32 Patrick Sertan, 39. Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood with a 34.5-inch vertical and a 9-foot, 10-inch broad jump. I don't think that's all that bad. Patrick Sertan went 10-11 in the broad jump. So a very profitable, very profitable Tuesday for Patrick Sertan II. Going to step aside for a final break. When we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports on a Tuesday presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier right here. On Tide, 100.9 FM, right after this. Mostly cloudy with occasional showers, maybe a thunderstorm this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 70. Tonight's low, 56. Tomorrow, cloudy and mild. A few showers during the day. The high, 75. Thursday, thunderstorms by afternoon. They could be severe. The high, 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Somebody give me a doctor. How about some Travioki on a Tuesday? Little old Van Halen. Diamond Dave. The one, the only. Still haven't gotten used to referring to Eddie Van Halen as the late Eddie Van Halen. Don't think I ever will. Hey, you got your uh, game times and venue set for Alabama men's and women's basketball in these next rounds of the NCAA tournaments. Alabama UCLA Sunday 615 Central on TBS Hinkle back to Hinkle for the Alabama men. Not sure they want to leave Indiana Bankers Fieldhouse after the shooting performance last night in the win over Maryland, especially in comparison, didn't really get up a ton of threes against Iowa in that first round of the game. We'll see how they shoot it against the Bruins there at Hinkle. Of course, the winner of Alabama-UCLA gets the winner of the Michigan-Florida State matchup with a spot in the Final Four on the line. Alabama women's basketball Moving on to the round of 32 on the ladies' side of things. That is a noon tip-off tomorrow 
on ESPN2 taking on second-seeded Maryland in that one. Bill Greehy Arena, they go. Alabama women taking on Maryland. St. Mary's University, that's a new one for me. I think I I pretty much know a lot of colleges and universities, but uh, St. Mary's in the San Antonio area. That's where you're going to have that one tomorrow at high noon uh, on the women's side of things. You got the Alabama women and men's team team scoring 80 and 96 respectively in their most recent tournament games. Not bad. Not bad. Also, Nate Oates picking up some change as we move throughout this tournament. Steve Berkowitz, follow him on Twitter. He does a nice job of keeping you abreast of the financial aspect of things especially where coaches are concerned. According to Steve, Alabama coach Nate Oates picked up another $25,000 bonus last night with that win over Maryland in the second round, and he is up to, for the season, Nate Oates up to $225,000 in bonus cash. You'll take that. You'll take that. You also have Alabama men's men's football. Alabama football – couple practices under its belt in spring practice and uh, some interesting situations on both sides of the ball. We've talked about some of those already in the last few days, but you've heard from guys like Brian Robinson, the former Hillcrest star. He addressed the media yesterday. Uh, Fifth year running back, obviously coming back with the expectation that he'll be at the top of that rotation. Certainly would expect that to be early on in spring drills. Very important to have a guy like Brian Robinson back, even if it plays out that Brian Robinson isn't your leading rusher. He might be. Looked damn good against Ohio State in the national championship game the last time we saw him, didn't he? Running hard, very physical between the tackles. But even if it returns to, say, more of a committee approach, like you saw from 2016 to 2018. Followed up that Heisman Trophy season for Derrick Henry in 15 with guys like Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough, and Josh Jacobs, and Najee coming in there for three seasons. And Damian had, I think Damian had a couple of thousand-yard seasons, but he wasn't going to be 250-plus carries. You know, they were sharing that a little bit more. And so Najee, the last couple seasons, very much the featured back. Um, but maybe we see a return to committee. But Brian Robinson, especially important. Veteran presence. Uh, what a great coaching tool he is for a new guy in Robert Gillespie, you know, to help him get into that role as the successor to Charles Huff. But a lot of young talent. A lot of uh, complimentary type backs, guys that sort of do different things well. Chase McClellan is a guy that it's hard to look away from in terms of big picture and what he could end up being in this offense. But you still have to consider Roydell Williams, Keelan Robinson off of a opt-out situation. Kamar Wheaton coming in here. Trey Sanders, you're pulling for because goodness knows he's already been through enough from an injury standpoint. So a lot of talent, but probably right now in terms of trust, most of that's going towards Brian Robbins. You look at the linebacker position. You heard from Christian Harris here in the last couple of days, Christian Harris, obviously going to be expected to be more of that alpha right there on the middle of the defense. Does that mean he'll be predominantly at the mic spot? Maybe, maybe not you got to see how some of these other guys come along and how it fits with your two inside guys. Jalen Moody, a lot of reason for optimism based on a limited sample size from last season. He was very much next guy up at inside linebacker behind Harris and, of course, Dylan Moses. And, again, showed you some really nice things in some spots. But there will continue to be strong competition there, even with Josh McMillan moving on, even with Ali Caho moving on. Had a couple of young linebackers from last year, Jackson Bratton, Demoy Kennedy, going into their second years in the program. You got a talented Texan coming in and Kendrick Blackshire. Um, 
And then there's, of course, the big question about still the possibility of Henry Toa Toa. What happens then? And we're probably a month away from getting a more definitive answer on all that, both from the NCAA and the Southeastern Conference. But again, inside linebacker looks to be looks to be just fine regardless. Got guys on campus already that can take care of business, but certainly you put a Toa Toa in that mix and then sort of the the different things you can continue to do with Christian Harris, maybe. Um, and, and Toa Toa can do that too. I think Harris of the two, just of what I've seen the last two years, is the better cover backer. Um, and, and Toa Toa can play sideline to sideline. Sometimes he's just a little bit out of control and can be influenced in some ways that exposes both himself and the the back seven of the defense and passing situations, but uh, certainly extremely talented nonetheless. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. It's been a lot of fun on the program, recapping Alabama wins in both men's and women's basketball, talking some pro day, talking some spring football, talking with Brent Beard. I think we covered just about all of it. And with that, we give you the Tuesday lunch whistle, which of course it's Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Of course, it is a Tuesday. Taco Tuesday? No, 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 no. It's Thai Chicken Tuesday. Thai Chicken Pizzas at Heat Pizza Bar starting at 6 o'clock this evening. They're going to go for just 7 bucks. Best 7 bucks you can spend in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is on those Thai Chicken Pizzas on Tuesdays at Heat, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Thanks again to Jacob Harrison. And until 11 a.m. on Wednesday, have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.